if an uncrowded coastline is your idea of heaven, then Norway should be at the top of your list. The crinkly bits of Norway's fjords and islands add up to the longest coastline in Europe, and frequent ferry sailings provide an ideal option for taking in all that impressive scenery. But Norway also tops the list of the world's most expensive countries. So we've imported two guides who specialize in taking American visitors around Norway to help us manage our sightseeing and plan an affordable vacation getaway. Paul Johansson lives in Oslo, and Lisa Reiblund divides her time between Oregon and Oslo. Paul and Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Paul, what did you just say there? I said it's nice to be here. Say that again in Norwegian, please. Hyggelig å være her. Literally, what does that mean? Hyggelig uh, is a word we use a lot in Norway, especially in Denmark too, uh-huh. which uh, describes a sense of uh, coziness. Co- so it's, it's cozy to be cozy here. Cozy to be said. here, yeah. Cozy to We're be here. We're having a cozy time now. So there is a conviviality. And when, when we travel around Norway, we want to be you know astounded by the natural wonders, the, the mountains diving right into the fjords. Mm. But we also want to find the culture and connect. Norway is fairly sparsely populated and really big. I understand it's as far from Oslo to the top of Norway as it is from Oslo down to the city of Rome yes, in Italy. Yes, that's true. So that puts it in perspective. The yeah. distances are huge, and the population is very sparse, mm-hmm. and most people speak English. They do. I would say about 90-95% will be able to speak with you in English. So if you find a young, educated person, chances mm-hmm. are they would speak English. Oh, yeah, 100%. You'll have no language barrier. Yeah. Now, Lisa, somebody's going to this country that is as tall as almost as the rest of Europe. Mm-hmm. And let's say you got a, a week or 10 days. Mm-hmm. I mean, Americans are notorious for having fast holidays. Yes. What would you recommend when you take your groups around Norway? What, what's the best of Norway in 10 days? Well, I think that um, to maximize the time, probably you want to stick close to the southern end of Norway. I might spend uh, three or four days in Oslo. And then I might take a train across the country to Bergen. If you have the time or if you have a a car, actually, car transportation would be a great way to see the country. You can go up to Lillehammer, where the 1994 Olympics were. And Mm -hmm. there's a great folk museum there, Mai Haugen, open-air folk museum. It's um, a fantastic way to experience architecture and um, culture of the area around Lillehammer. You can also go up into the mountains and uh, visit a really wonderful hotel called Elvesetter. So basically, Lisa, we're saying, of course, you got to do Oslo and yep. you got to do Bergen. Those are the two yep. big cities. Yep. And then you need to get a, a dose of the countryside. Absolutely. Now, this train you mentioned, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going from Oslo to Bergen. When you take that train, it's sort of in one day the, the very best of the mountain scenery of Norway. Absolutely. Like. And the state railways sell a package called the Norway in a nutshell. Okay. And if you buy that, Uh, You can take a small tour that goes over the mountains. There's a sort of a series of stops that uh, incorporate train and uh, fjord ferry cruise. Uh And so you get a seriously a nutshell tour of uh, the best sites of Norway. A montage of beautiful experiences Um, on the train, on the boat, on the bus, uh, in the villages. That's right. Now, Paul, when you talk about going Norway in a nutshell, that Mm. means like really fast and and really simple and really quick and Mm. kind of the very best. But you're missing a chance to go overland up Gubransdalen Mm -hmm. and Lillehammer and Lom and so on. Can you talk, if you were driving from Oslo to Bergen and you had three or four days or Mm -hmm. four or five days, you could have a more extensive look at the countryside of Norway. 
Take us on a drive from Oslo to Bergen in the more um, slow and scenic way. Yeah, well, there are several ways to go, but a nice opportunity would be to drive through Lillehammer. Mm -hmm. And as Lisa said, that's where you have the open-air folk museum, which collects historic buildings from all corners of Norway and Mm -hmm. puts them right in this amazing park. Mm -hmm. It's really a culture on a lazy Susan, and you have people sort of role-playing the cultures from all over Norway. Actors, all the different ages of Norway with the traditional architecture. So that would be an important stop. Mm -hmm. Also right along the way, you've got uh, Pure Gint country. Yeah. And, and we know Pierre Gint from the great mm. literature and music. Mm. Uh, yeah, so then I would uh, continue my drive up uh, through the Gudbrands uh, Valley, uh-huh. one of the most beautiful valleys that we have in Norway. Continue driving and you will get to Lom eventually, mm-hmm. where they have a very beautiful stave church. Now, describe a stave church. Well, a stave church dates almost all the way back to the Viking Age. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's kind of a fusion between uh, what they believe was an old Viking temple and more of a modern uh, church from those times. So it's... um, So I thought the Vikings were out raping and pillaging, plundering, but there was actually Viking churches? Oh, yeah. Eventually, the the Vikings, they got uh, Christianized. That's a transition in Norwegian Mm -hmm. history, isn't it, when Christianity came? Yeah, and uh, the Viking Age ended when um, Harold the Ruthless, he went to to try to conquer England. Uh So he took all his men, practically, from Norway, and he lost, he got slayed. And that's the kind of uh, marked the, the end of the Viking era. What century would that be? That would be in the 12th century. In the 1100s. Yeah. And then that was the time when we get these stav churches and Norwegians settling down. Yeah. And these stav churches are glorious examples mm-hmm. of medieval church architecture in Norway. Of course, they're made out of wood. Yeah. And uh, not a lot survives. A thousand years made out of wood. But there are five or six that you can see on an itinerary. Oh, there are. There are. Yeah. I think and what's so wonderful about the churches, too, and what, what makes them really special is that they are decorated with um, dragon heads often. Mm -hmm. That's what makes them really distinctive looking. It fascinates me because of how they blend these pagan uh, Mm. symbols. It's it's quite an aesthetic, isn't there? Yes, yes. They blend these symbols that are from their pagan beliefs with these Christian symbols. Mm -hmm. Now, Lisa, you were saying on a short trip you would stick really to the south and to the west rather than the north. That's my opinion also. Simply because the distances are so long. Not because there isn't wonderful things Mm -hmm. to see in the north, but simply to maximize the time. But you can get your your natural thrills in the west. Absolutely. Very easily. The fjords. The distances are shorter and the prices are, believe it or not, it's it's even more expensive up in the north than Mm -hmm. it is in the west. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're speaking with Lisa Rybloom and we're speaking with Paul Johansson and we're talking about sightseeing in Norway. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. Diane's calling in from Toronto. Hi, Diane. Thanks for your call. Tell us about your Norwegian experience. I took the trip on the train going from Oslo to Bergen, and it was wonderful. It's a really picturesque voyage. We did it in the fall, so there were wonderful colors. My perspective on traveling in the country was as an amateur photographer, so I was more interested in um, getting the, the shots of the different areas. So we, we went across on the train, arrived in Bergen, and it's such a beautiful, walkable city. Before getting on the Kong Herald, which is one of the, I never can pronounce this word, is it Hurtigurten? Hurtigurten. Yeah, the, the ship. So we. So, so, our, so our listeners know that's the uh, sort of the mail boat that goes from Bergen all the way up around North Cape to Kirkenes. Yes. And that's a very scenic opportunity to see the entire Norwegian coastline. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. The point is, as you say, it's a mail ship. It's also for taking supplies to the different towns that are along the way. Mm. And each town has something different. 
there weren't very many excursions for us. It wasn't like a cruise ship. But we found that at every port there was something we normally got off and walked around. So it's a commuter ride, or it's a public yeah. transportation as well as a mail boat, and sightseers can just sit there and enjoy. It's sort of a, a long and slow trip, but glorious scenery. And do they serve you well on, on the boat? Is there good food and well, I accommodations? Well, I was completely surprised. I was taken back because the meals were delicious. We had smorgasbords for breakfast and lunch. Lovely dining room. I was expecting more a cafeteria, which they did have, but that was mostly for the locals that, you know, as I say, came on. Lovely meals. We also had a lecturer hmm. uh, who came on and g- gave us lectures. We had one I can remember on Amundsen. There were ones on the areas, the different islands. So it wasn't just a commuter ship for us. And I would imagine you stopped at little towns that don't have much tourism, and you were free just to wander and poke around for an hour while they were doing their work and get back on the, the ship and head farther north. Yeah, each of the, the ports, you know, there were different times that we were in port because of what they were doing, what they were taking in and off. So uh, mm-hmm. that was the main Pal, what's thing your take the on ship? the Hurtigruten? Well, uh, actually, a couple of years ago, they did a very fun thing with the Hurtigruten. They wanted to produce a slow TV, so they mounted the cameras onto Hurtigruten, and they kind of uh, streamed it live onto uh, national television. On national, not just a <laughs> webcast, a national yeah, TV yeah, yeah, on the yeah. main station. On the main station, and people just crazy about this. Great success. Diane, thanks for your call. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. I just wanted to mention about the Hurtigruten that I've taken that trip, and the boat I was on was very much a cruise ship style. Mm -hmm. So there are varying sizes of ships. Okay, and they're all the Hurtigruten? That would not be a cruise line doing the same route, but the actual Hurtigruten? No, there's varying options. So you can take a very small boat and -hmm. and do kind of the true mail boat style, Mm. but there's also an option to do more of a cruise ship style. Because Mm -hmm. traditionally, this was how uh, people and goods and everything moved along the coast of, of Norway. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Norway with Lisa Reibloom and Paul Johansson. Ivan's calling from Chicago. Ivan, thanks for your call. Yes, uh, we are planning a tour this uh, summer going to Scandinavia, and part of that is Norway. And we have planned currently three days um, in the sort of Bergen and Sonjefjord area. So I was wondering whether you have any recommendations um, and sort of priorities that we should have for this trip. Lisa, how would you structure your time in Bergen and the fjords? In Bergen, I probably wouldn't miss the Bryggen Museum. I probably would take a packaged fjord cruise that departs from Bergen. Uh, the tourist information office in Bergen can help you arrange. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many different options and ways to sightsee in the fjords, and the tourist so information office can help. Use Bergen as a home base and Absolutely. then take one of the excursions mm-hmm. that they organize. Mm-hmm. Paul, if you had three days in Bergen and for the fjord country, and we're not going to take an organized tour, let's say you have a car, mm-hmm. or you're going to take public transportation, how would you balance the time? Well, I kind of agree with what uh, Lisa said, mm-hmm. but I would also like them to suggest spending a couple of days in Oslo. Yeah. Because there's so much exciting things going on in Oslo right mm-hmm. now. So it's definitely worth uh, spending uh, at least two days in Oslo before you head off to the west of, of okay. Norway. And from Oslo, you just head on up past Lillehammer, up Gudbrand, Stalin Valley, mm. and, and there's plenty of stops there. And then you've got Lom, as, as Paul mentioned earlier, with the uh, Great Stub Church. And then you cross over, you get into Jotunheim. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll let Paul talk about this, but you'll peak sort of on the top of Giant's Country and then come down into Solvorn. Paul, take us from Lom to Bergen. 
Yeah, so you you head off from Lom and um, you drive over Songnefjell, actually the highest mountain pass in um, northern Europe. That's right. And after driving over the mountain, you come down to a, a fjord, the Luster Fjord, and you just follow this fjord for several hours. The scenery is amazing. Eventually, you will come to a ferry. There are many ferries in in Norway. That's how we get around. And you have to take a ferry from uh, what's the name again? Kalpanger. Kalpanger, yeah. You can do a fjord cruise on the Songne Fjord. You could put your car on a boat in that area, yes. and then That's you right. could actually yes. choose where you want to go. Balestrand is a big uh, resort. You mm-hmm. can take the boat right into Bergen. Have either of you been on the uh, Nygardsbreen Glacier for one of the walks? I have. Lisa, I have. tell us about that option. Because, you know, when Yvonne's going over uh, Jotunheim, you could side trip up into the glacier. Mm-hmm. There's a glacier visitor center mm-hmm. that you can go to, and they arrange also excursions. You can full day or half day excursions on the ice to the glacier. Yes, I, yes. I put on the crampons and they roped us up, and mm-hmm. it was. I took the family tour. It was very mm-hmm, easy. Mm-hmm. Had kids along, and yeah. we're all roped up. And it you can also was do a, a casual thrill. walk just mm-hmm. to the edge of it um, without having to rope up and put yes. on crampons and so forth. So, so that would be a way to spice to up your it. adventure there, Yvonne, to go up to the glacier. I think it's the biggest glacier in northern Europe. It is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yvonne, thanks for your that, call. That sounds great. Thank you very much. You Rick. bet. Bye now. Bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Paul Johansson and Lisa Rybloom, and we're talking about Norway. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and Brenda's calling from South Jordan in Utah. Brenda, thanks for your call. It's great to be on. Actually, I just took that same area a year ago and did the song... Songfjord, I'm not sure how you say it. Songfjord. Songfjord. Yes. And uh, we stayed in Solvorn. It was a beautiful little town right on the fjord at the Applet Hostel that you recommended. And it was great. And we did go up to the glacier, and it was a great half day. Yeah. It's amazing. You can go from a, a charming little town on the fjord drive up the valley to the head of the glacier, mm. and you have to hike in now because the glaciers are receding a bit. Yep. But you can still get there. So you stayed in a hostel. Now, Brenda, this is very interesting because when we're in Norway, it's quite expensive, but there are hostels all over the place and sort of dormitory accommodations and different, uh, you know, mountain huts and so on where you can live quite comfortably without a lot of money. Tell us about the hostel options for adults traveling. Well, my husband was very intrepid at using a hostel because we would be sharing a, a bathroom with four other rooms. But there was never any problem. It was delightful. The most fun was uh, there was a shared kitchen, and we each had a shelf on the fridge, which saved a lot of money. And we were able to visit with all the other people that were there and get some ideas for great activities to do. And it turned out to be a really fun thing. Was it an opportunity, Brenda, to connect with Norwegian travelers or international travelers? Well, with both, but mostly international travelers. I just love the the very scenic and warm and welcoming uh, hostels that you'll find all over Norway. Mm-hmm. Also, you find uh, these uh, mountain huts, uh, which are organized by the Norwegian Trekking Association. They're all over the country. They're in the in the mountains, especially. And a lot of them are, well, you're just given a key and you go there and you leave money in the box. And then there's also food in the cabin, which you can just take and eat, and you just leave money. So it's like based on the honor system. An honor system. It works very well. I just wanted to add something about uh, staying in hostels in Scandinavia. I've just found them to be uh, very safe and clean. 
I think they're a great way to uh, save in a very expensive part of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're a very good budget option. And um, especially if you're traveling with a family, uh, you can get a room really to yourselves. If you have if you have a family of four, you end up with a private room, essentially. Mm. And a lot of these places do have smaller rooms. And mm-hmm. I find you save a lot of money if you provide your own linen. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you bring your own sleep sack mm-hmm. and you'll save a huge amount. But as Lisa mentioned, you know, if you go to a youth hostel in Portugal, you might save $20. But if you go to a hostel in Norway, you can save $100. Oh, that's right. And meet more people and enjoy the cooking, uh, the conviviality in the member's kitchen and so on. That's mm-hmm. right. Exactly. And they also offered free bikes for us to use. So we took the bike ride over to the, it was a huge waterfall. I can't remember, Fossenfegum or something. It was absolutely spectacular. Oh, on the other mm. side of Solvorn, did you take the little ferry across? Yes, we took the little ferry I and we also that. did the little uh, church. stave church up there. It was just Beautiful. The adorable little stave church. So you take, you're in an adorable little town on a mighty fjord. You get on an adorable little ferry and you cross the fjord and you get through this little hamlet and you go to an ancient stave church through the farmland and then you bike down this adorable little country road to this mighty waterfall <laughs> on your bicycle and you feel like a little tiny elf in this, you know, Norwegian <laughs> wonderland. I want to go there again. Brenda, thanks for your call. You bet. Bye-bye. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been dreaming about Norway and the mightiness of Norway. And at the same time, as Pal mentioned, the hig- higgliness of Norway, the coziness yeah, of Norway. Coziness. And the nature is so grand and the culture is so warm and cozy and put it together. And it's kind of a unique thrill. Yeah, it is. Lisa Rybloom, Paul Johansson, thanks so much for helping us better understand and appreciate Norway. Thanks for having me. Thank for that I came. Vardebra. Hadebra. Hadebra. Did I say it right? Yeah. You're welcome. Rick Steves teaches smart travel to Scandinavia, the Baltics, and beyond. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours, a monthly travel newsletter, and a world of information to help you turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. To gear up for your next Nordic adventure, begin your trip at ricksteves.com. <laughs>